Pixel Sift is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts. Have you thought about making something creative? Maybe you want to make a podcast, could be a Twitch stream, could be you want to be a journalist and you want to report on the world of games. Well, why not start with a great creative degree at Murdoch University? It's where we got our start. And without the support of Murdoch University, we wouldn't be able to make 125 episodes of Pixel Sift like this one that we recorded live at Supernova on Sunday the 30th of June. For more information, you can head to the Murdoch website. You can search for Murdoch University on your search engine or you can head to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. That's murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift. Hello, how are you going? So, my name is Gianni. I am the executive producer and host of Pixel Sift. Uh, my guests on the podcast today, uh, going from left down the stage, I'm joined by Cabalia, who is a Twitch partner who spends uh, her time streaming games, including OG Runes, RuneScape. Old school. <laughs> old school, old school. If you played that in your, on your school computers back in the day, as I did, um, we've got Pika P, who's an award-winning cosplayer, and we've got Anthony Sweet at the end there, who's a Pixel Sift Live podcast veteran, has been <coughs> before, um, who is the writer of Battlestar Battle Galactica Deadlock, um, which is a video game adaptation made here in Western Australia. So, I guess I'll introduce Pixel Sift for some people who may not have heard us before. So, we are a video games podcast based in Western Australia. And the big question we ask on every episode is what do people do to keep creating? So that's part of what we are asking here today of all of our different creative people that we have on the panel here today. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about what that creative process kind of looks like. Um, Each episode we feature um, developers from across Australasia and the world and we talk to them about their video games that they make as well as looking at some of the big topics in the world of gaming. So whether you're a game developer or whether you're someone who just plays games, um, but we also talk to people who do other creative things in the world around games, whether you stream games or whether you make cosplay of games or you make them entirely. So first, I guess I'd start with um, asking everyone to kind of talk about what they do. Kabalia, would you like to tell us what you do? Um, okay, so basically I play video games, but I guess the difference is rather than just playing them on myself and with, with my friends, um, I actually broadcast it live on a website called Twitch um, that anyone can access and, and watch at any time. And it gives that live interaction where they can interact within a matter of seconds with me, with what I'm doing, um, whether I need advice, which I tend to need a lot of in particular games. Um, but yeah, it just offers that sort of one-on-one interaction and the ability for somebody to share the experience with you while you're also enjoying it yourself. Fantastic. Thank you. Pika P. Hi, uh, my name's Pika P. Um, I've been a cosplayer, uh, so a cosplayer, for those who don't know, is someone who makes cosplays, costumes. They make costumes from games and they wear them and some of us like to compete with them. And I had the absolute honour of representing our state last year at the championships over in Sydney, um, and uh, I've been working for a company called Little Robot, uh, making costumes for them now for a little over a year, and cosplay for me is, it's not just making a costume and wearing it, it's being able to share your love for a game, a bit 
bit like Twitch streaming, I guess. Um, sharing your love for a game through an art form that you can wear, I guess, and being able to connect with people that, you know, they might see your costume from the other side of the convention hall and they run up to you and they're like, wow, I really love your costume. I love that part of the game, blah, 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 blah. And then you have a chat with them and it's just an amazing conversation starter. It's an amazing way to sort of um, channel your creativity. You know, um, I'm an engineering student. My life's a bit hectic and boring and mathematical outside of cosplay. Um, but and cosplay gives me that creative outlet that some of us so desperately need. So, yeah. And Anthony. Hi. What do you do? I am a writer and the lead designer at Black Lab Games. Uh, we are a Perth game development studio. As Gianni said, we make Battlestar Galactica Deadlock based on the 2004 TV show. Um, and I tell people I'm a lead designer, but basically I fake it until I make it, right? So that's about it, really. That's great. Um, obviously, we've got a, a range of different creative people here, but I, I'm curious, what is, well, how would you kind of define creativity when you had to try to, if you had to put, put a label on it, how would you define creativity? Hitting us with the big questions there, Jim. Yeah, this is going to start off big. Afternoon. Yeah, I want to know how what you feel. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go up first on this one. Uh, creativity. Um, I still define creativity as work, you know, um, like we're doing creative work, what we're doing, like it's, uh, it can be fun. Um, but there's also the, uh, the hard mental work being put into it, the hard physical work being put into it. Um, when you're talking about creative work professionally, um, there's a certain craftsmanship you want to bring to it. Um, it's not just about doing the fun stuff. It's about making sure you're better every day. Um, making sure that you are doing the best work you can do, um, which, uh, you know, and like we make it look like it's fun because it is fun, but there's also a lot of hard work that goes behind the scenes as well, like a lot of blood, sweat and tears and angry yelling at spreadsheets that don't do what you want them to do. <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship with spreadsheets. Is the uh, spreadsheet integral to creativity? Uh, no, spreadsheets for me are heat transfer and yeah. uh, fluid dynamics, and they need to stop existing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I hate them. Think of me, how do you define creativity? Um, I think creativity for me is uh, a little less work and a little more love. Creativity is, is using your mind and not just the mathematical part, but using the, the way you interpret life or, or games or art or whatever it is and creating and building something based on how you see it. So um, with cosplay, you see it is very, very specific to the person and everyone who cosplays and has any kind of art form, you see a personal, you, you see a story come through and that creativity is is their interpretation of whatever they're seeing or they're feeling or they're hearing. And I think creativity is very personal um, and I think that it's, that's one of my favorite things about cosplay is you might see 10 different DVA cosplays and you will see at least 10 different DVA cosplays, but they're all different unless they've bought them. But again, the way they wear it or the way they act or the way that they do their makeup or their hair or whatever, that's all a creative process and it's very personal. And it's, it's really, yeah. So personal like, expression isn't really Personal important. expression, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And Kabbalia. Um, yeah, kind of like how Pikapi just said then, you know, creativity, the example of, you know, you can see 10 people doing the same thing in, in regards to Twitch, you know, there are 
hundreds of thousands of people, millions probably, doing the exact same thing. You know, we all boot up our computers, we all broadcast this live stream. People are, you know, putting their content out there, whether it's they're cooking, whether it's they're playing games, whether they're just talking to people. But it's creativity is how you put your spin on it. So I guess what makes you unique, what makes, you know, your in, in my situation, your stream, uh, different to other people, you know, are, are you focused on the interaction with your chat, you know, do you do silly things if, if something happens, you know, do you have a particular persona that you take on? It's just it, creativity, I guess, in, in my world of, of Twitch is, yeah, how you define yourself from the others, you know, what, what makes you attractive stand out for the crowd yeah stand out because mm. I mean, like i said there's so many people that do it you mm. know it's competitive in a sense but we all i like to think we all support our fellow streamers and content creators um but you just got to find your little twist to put on it what makes it unique to you one thing that's always challenging when you've got a creative project is kind of finding a point where the end of it is uh, and you can work on something probably forever. But I want to know from all of you, what is the point where you know that you've finished something and you want to move on to the next thing? I've got a good one for this one. Um, I don't. <laughs> um, I am notoriously bad for starting cosplays and not finishing them and starting cosplays and then finishing them and not being happy with them. And I think the creative process in that is that Creativity is something where you you strive to seize again. You strive to make something that you physically, like in your mind, have created um, an interpretation of whatever it is. And when you you make it, you might not be happy with it, or you might get somewhere along the way, and then you you, you lose that creative drive. And I don't think there is an end to a creative process for me. I think. A creative process is a learning experience and it's it's something that you can continuously build on, especially with cosplays. You you know, you might find you might make the perfect cosplay. I think of probably my favorite cosplay that I've made was my Rory Mercury, and it's probably the closest to perfect I've made in my mind. A lot of people might look at it and be like, Hey, it's missing this bit or it needs this bit, or why'd you do that? But for me, um, it, it, it was my favorite one and the reason being was because in my mind that's how I saw it and that's how I wanted it to be and when I finished it it was almost at that point but it's it's kind of matching the puzzle pieces physically to the ones that you've creatively made up in your mind and you know when they get to that matching point then that's almost finished yeah. but you can still build on that no, I agree 100% like a creative work is never like completely done at some point you just have to let it go and then yeah. move, on. Mo move on yeah yeah I, like, I have to agree and it's, it's hard with Twitch I mean sort of because you get a go at it a couple of times a week generally with Twitch don't you you can try again yeah well that, that, that's it I mean you can try something and if it doesn't work then yeah absolutely you can stop there and try again but I guess if you eventually ceased to be creative then where do you go from there? So mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a matter of um, being resilient, I guess, and trying and trying and trying again. But, um, yeah, like you say, it's you, you, if something doesn't, you try something and it doesn't work, then you try something new. I guess, yeah, I'm lucky in that sense. I mean, it's, it's sort of the same. You know, you said you've got cosplays that you've tried and you obviously didn't. Well, I don't know, obviously or not, but. Time. <laughs> time. Time runs yeah. out all the time. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Some things you just, some things, it's life. Some things work, some things don't. And you find a vibe with other things and other things, it's just you got to leave it and move on. One of the things I, I think a lot of people might 
look at successful and, cre- and creative people and think, oh, they've just got it. They've nailed it all along the way. But obviously there's a lot of failure in, in that. And I want to know, can you tell us that maybe each give us an example of uh, maybe the, one of the biggest failures you've had or one of the biggest roadblocks that you've had and, then, and how you got kind of past it? Big question. Yeah. Um, I guess I can go first because I've kind of got a, an idea. So as you introduced, when I first started streaming on the platform of Twitch, I was purely streaming a game called Old School RuneScape, which maybe the people around my age, the younger ones, maybe not haven't heard of it. Um, but that was purely the game that I was streaming. And eventually, um, you know, my creativity and my enthusiasm behind it started to to, to back off a little bit because I was getting, it was very, it's a very repetitive game. Um, and it was then that I decided, hey, you know what, I'm going to try and do something different. I'm going to try different games. I'm going to try different things. And when I first tried those different games and I tried those different things, viewer count, down, sub count, down, everything down. And it was, yeah, like you said, the biggest failure, I guess that you would say, but I kept persevering. And eventually, you know, you, it's, it's like starting from ground zero again. Yes, you've, you, know, you might have lost the creative streak that you were on and you have, you know, failed in an initial start. But I guess it's like a life message. If you fail once, get back up again and try and try and try again and keep persevering. And eventually, you know, I stream a variety of games now. I, I stream Overwatch. I stream Apex. I stream League of Legends. I, I old school RuneScape. And I can fluctuate between them all now. And, you know, I've built that up again. The viewer counts back up. The sub counts back up. And... Did it worry you, though, when all that dropped oh, off? Oh, absolutely. Like, mm. it, it, it's hard. Did you almost stop? Or Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you do. Because it's, it's – you build yourself up to a point you're like, you get used to it. You get comfortable, which is a really bad thing. If anyone in here is ever thinking about streaming on Twitch, like, don't get comfortable. Don't do it. <laughs> don't look at view accounts. Don't look at things like that. Because you do. You get really focused on them. And as soon as they start to decline, you do. You get – you. you it's emotional in a sense because it's it's what you've put your creativity in. It's what you've worked hard for, and it's not working. And it's a hard thing to face. Yeah, like maybe, you say, you, maybe maybe sorry to butt in, but maybe no. something to think about is don't do it for other people. That's exactly it. Once I think you the realize most important thing is that that you're doing it for yourself because it what it's what makes you happy. It's so much better. Yeah, that yeah. creative resilience is really, really important. Um, like especially when you're, when you're making games, like you're trying to put your stuff in front of other people as early as possible, and that means you're putting stuff which is not finished and nowhere close to being finished in front of people who may not have your best interests at heart. And you still have to somehow uh, reconcile the fact that you're getting all this feedback and they're telling you things which are hurt, like they hurt really bad, right? Um, but you still got to get up the next day and keep working. And that resilience is really important for the creative work, I feel. Um, just to add again to that, for me, um, with cosplay, you're trying to create things that a game designer has forgotten about the fact that your arms actually move this way and World of Warcraft <laughs> needs to stop <laughs> with their stupid shoulder pieces that don't move or that, like, their models, like, go into their skin. I like the ones that have the spikes right here. So oh, if, they yeah, left, so if they like, lift their arm up, they're going to impale their own head. I don't know, but they do, though. Have you seen those, like, cutscenes? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> no one does that. No one can impale their head and live. Um, no, but I think that there's a lot of times in cosplay and when you're building and it might be a, a physical... Um, obstacle that you know something might fall off and you can't seem to glue it on it just won't stay there or like you said there's a spike that's sticking into your head 
you need to have the spike to be accurate, but you probably don't want to stick it into your head. Um, or magically, you've got levitating wings or a levitating halo. How do you do all those things? And you have to kind of look at it from all these different angles. And I think for me, as much as I hate engineering, I don't hate it. I love engineering. Um, but I do think that engineering and creativity a little bit go hand in hand. Um, engineering is about creating things, right? So when you're, when you're building things and you're creating things and you're, you're facing all these, these problems and you have to overcome them, then that's, that process is just as important as the creative process. Mm. You know, you can't have creativity without the failures and you can't learn without the failures. So you need those roadblocks. And then, then it comes a time where maybe you've, you've taken a step back. And I think it's really important to take a step back. I'm notoriously bad for this one again because I never stop. Huh. I got up at 9 a.m. this morning and made this cosplay. Oops. Um, but I think it's really important to take a break. Mm. And um, when you when you take that break, your, your head's clearer and you can overcome those obstacles. Mm. And, yeah. What is your biggest failure? Uh. <laughs> Sounds like you were talking around it a little bit. I don't think I have a biggest one. I have a big pile of poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I have a lot of finished cos- unfinished cosplays. These people, they just walked in. Um, I just want to... Um, give a huge shout out to these people. These are really close friends of mine. And I think friends and support as well are just as important to those failures. To get you through. To get you through those. Yeah. And and to answer your question, um, I started a cosplay um, at <laughs> I've started lots of cosplays. Um, but I've started quite a few cosplays where I've run out of time or I've wanted to start something new. And I wouldn't say that's a failure. Because I would say that at the end of the day, unless you're doing it for money and you're doing it for for all these other reasons, if you're doing a creative thing, you're doing it for yourself. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't finish it. It doesn't matter if you you start a new project because at the end of the day, if that project isn't making you happy, stop. Do something new and you can go back to it later. And sort of, I'm feeling a a bit of, even from this panel actually, I'm feeling this year... um, I want to pick up a lot of those projects because I think I've learned a lot of new techniques mm. and, you know, you can come back to it. I can come back to it mm. now. And I feel like, you know, with like a clear headspace, you can come back to those projects mm. and, and tackle them again. Yeah. Anthony, what's your biggest failure? Every day. <laughs> like, um, and that's a big, every day is that, worse than the last. That, that's a bit glib, but um, it's also like, I don't necessarily see failures as a bad thing. And I'm not talking about that tech bro startup culture of fail early, fail often kind of whatever that is. Um, but it's more like every failure is a learning experience and creative work is about personal growth. Um, and so if you're not learning, if you're not growing, how can you be, you're not necessarily asking new questions. And I feel like that's where like a lot of creativity actually comes from is, am I asking questions instead of defining answers from the beginning? Um, so every day I'm asking questions and I'm a lot of the times I don't know the answer straight away. So I'll give a broad, I'll, I'll give a, my first rough idea of what an answer is. And someone will come back and say, that's wrong. I'm like, oh, great. Cool. All right. Now I've now got more defined parameters of where I'm working and I've got tighter constraints to work against and I can try again. Um, and you know, I get very lucky that I do get to try again whenever I fail. Um, that's not the case for a lot of other people. Um, so I'm very privileged and lucky in that respect, but you know, like I think as well, like we just have to acknowledge that, um, 
when you when you are trying creative work, a lot of it is just about failing and learning from that mistake or learning from what didn't work and growing from that moment and keep moving forward. Speaking of learning, oh yeah, um, what what are some of the things you've learnt about yourself, all of you together, but um, creatively that you realise that this is something that's going to be a challenge for me, uh, something that I know that if I approach a problem in this particular way, I'm going to find it difficult. What, what, what have you learned over the time that you would do differently from when you first started out? Okay, so what I definitely do differently now is how I uh, take in other people's feedback on the finished product, um, which is very different to how we go about testing. When we go into testing, like we're obviously sourcing feedback. We want to get that feedback. Once it's out in the wild, I used to do the thing where I was actively like reading every single review, looking what people were saying, searching for the game on Twitter and Facebook and all the time. And it was really bad for like mental health. Like it just wasn't good. And so I've just had to learn just to be like, once it's out in the wild, I've done my job. It's good enough. And I don't really need to know what the average Joe Steam user thinks because there's some really trolly bad stuff on Steam. Good Lord. Um, and like, I can come back to it at a later time, you know, once I'm in a clearer headspace and I, once I've gotten over the highlights of, yes, we've released this thing and I feel really good about it. I don't need someone telling me, ah, your writing sucks to, um, bring me down from that. I can wait till two months time when I've actually figured out what I've done wrong and be like, okay, that person, they're, they're wrong, but, uh, you know, there might be something else in there. And there's been a lot of times where I've actually gone back to feedback two, three, six months later and like gone to find the actual kernel of truth. Um, because it's something that we talk about in the game design is that, uh, uh, players, uh, the players know how they feel, right? They're the patients, but we're the doctors. So they know exactly how they feel. They're never wrong about how they emotionally feel, but quite a lot of times that they don't necessarily know why they're feeling that. And that's why as a game designer, we come in and we should be able to interpret what they're saying, you know, figure out what's the actual kernel of truth of what they're getting at there. Um, and you can't do that right in the heat of the moment on a straight after a release or when you're em, like emotionally raised, right? You need to wait until you've got a bit of a cooler head on you before you can actually start going through what people are saying and reinterpreting, trying to get to that kernel of truth of what they felt. Mm. Thank you. PKP, what have you learned about how you create uh, from when you first started and, and what you do differently now? And it can be from like even from the start of a creative process ah, yeah, as well. It doesn't even need to be the practicalities of building something. Just don't um, – this is a bit of a personal one, but don't um, think that your work is less valuable than someone else's ever because you don't know how long that person's been doing it. You don't know how long um, – they have had like their time to to build on their techniques, you know. Like when I was first starting out, I was like, "Oh my god, my cosplay sucks." <laughs> and I remember entering a competition at uh, Evolve back when it was at Cannington, show, uh, no, Cannington Showground or something like that. Um, and I look at that costume now, I was like, "Why did I make it out of vinyl? Why was it sparkly? Oh, it was so gross." Um, and I, like just things like that. But at the time when I got feedback that was like, "Oh, you know, just keep pushing." And in my head, though, you are your biggest critic. And I think sometimes we need to give ourselves a little bit more credit. Um, I'm a pretty harsh critic on myself. So um, I, I think that's something I'm still learning, actually. Not something that I would do differently now that I wouldn't do anymore, but I'm still trying to change, is that approach to how I see my own work 
and how I see my own work comparatively to other people because and that's not even just cosplay that's that's game design it's twitch streaming it's all those things where you're in a competitive and not necessarily like competition competitive I'm talking life competitive everyone wants to feel um like what they're doing is good right um not that you're going to win a competition, but what they're doing is good and then it makes them happy. It's worthwhile. It's worthwhile. Yes, absolutely. And if you're comparing yourself to other people all the time, how are you ever going to see that? Mm. You're never going to see that. So like, just kind of like be your own person and put that into your creativity and remember that. Like, It's really important that you remember that your creativity, again, is your creativity. And it's important to take that feedback. The imposter syndrome is real. Yeah. Like it, it, that can hit really hard, yeah, even for exactly. people who've been in industry for like 10, 20 years, right? Um, and I think that's something important for a lot of creators is just to learn how to get over that feeling of inadequacy and uh, not it, – it's, like, it's still useful to compare your work to other people from a critical perspective. Yeah, like the feedback part is yeah, still yeah. very important, yeah, especially like if, if you're catering to an audience. I think Cosplay is a little bit different because, again – Unless you're competing in a cosplay, remember it's it's not a competition in that sense. Like it's it's your work, it's your it's your creative outlet. Just chill out, enjoy it. Kapali, I'm really interested in your perspective on this because <laughs> you get very near instantaneous feedback from people. Um, you can see numbers in front of you as you're on there, and you are competing with a lot of other people on there. What do you what do you think about comparisons to other people's work? Oh, it's 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 tough. It's it's hard. You you know, like you say, you don't compete in a competitive sense with other people, but you can't help but look at other people's and go, oh wow, they do that really well. Like I wish I could do that sort of thing. But I guess it's a remind. You have to remind yourself, like that's them. That's not me. You know, that works for them because that's their personality. That's their niche. That's that's their thing. I guess. And when, like you were saying, the original question I was. Don't try and please everyone. Don't. That was my my worst mistake when I first started. I I tried to take on everyone's advice. You know, you should do this. You should try this. You should, you know, whatever. And you try and do it all. And eventually you you end up becoming somebody you're not. And that just, in regards to creativity, absolutely plummets. Absolutely. And that's when it's really important, like you were saying, to take that break, step back, realize why am I here? What am I doing this for? I'm like, as bad as it is to say, you know, I'm not doing it for them. Like, yes, I am. Like, I'm putting content out there for people to see, but it's the content that comes from me. The, the, you know, that is me as a person. I like to be very transparent, I guess. I like to be who I am and stick to that. There are people who take on personas. That's perfectly fine. But to me, just stay true to yourself, you know. Not everyone's going to like that, and that's just life. Not everybody's going to like the kind of person you are. Not everybody's going to like the choices that you make. Not everyone's going to like the things that you say. But, you know, everyone's allowed their opinions. I'm allowed my opinions. And sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. And like you say, there is that instantaneous uh, matter of seconds. I might do something and somebody really doesn't like it and they feel the need to really tell me that, Um, sometimes not so nicely. Um, But I guess it falls back to that. Now where I am... In what I do, I'm able to sort of just brush it off. But definitely back in the early days, you know, somebody would say something negative and you can't help but take it on board. I mean, it's like reading reviews. I'm sure you guys get it with comments, you know, comments on Steam games. I've done a little bit of Twitch reading myself. Comments on, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a dangerous place. Oh, it, you know, anybody can access it. That's the thing. And, you know, anybody can be having a bad day. 
anybody's allowed their opinion. That's it. It's it's how you deal with it. And that's been my biggest point of growth, just, you know, accepting that they can think what they think. That's fine. But don't try and cater yourself to be somebody that you're not. Don't take on all of those things that people want you to be. With regards to Twitch, I guess, um, and I'm at that point now, like I said, put out the content that's true to you and the people and the community that you build from that is going to be loyal as anything. And I'm so lucky that I do have a community like that, that, you know, appreciates me for who I am. They appreciate, you know, or not appreciate, but they accept my opinions. And, you know, there's, there's none of that silliness of, you know, oh, you're not allowed to think like that. You're not allowed to say that. Like, oh, that's not what you should be doing. You know, you're a girl. You should be playing these games. Why are you doing this? Like, there's none of that, you know. It's, Ooh, it's good. That's a good question. That's a good point. Now uh, you're a girl. You should buy these games. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of that playing. Playing uh, first-person shooters. You're a girl. Why are you playing that? <laughs> Twenty nineteen. Everyone, thank you. Um, <laughs> what I want to know: what outside of what you do when you're doing these creative things? It's a certain space in, in your mind. What do you do outside of your creativity to make sure that you are able to create in the best way possible? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds amazing. How do you do that? <laughs> I finished uni. Do you have- <laughs> oh, the dream. <laughs> do you have stuff outside of your creativity enough or is the balance not quite right? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm an engineering student and I also have two jobs. One of them is a creative job. The other one's a retail job um, plus cosplay. So I don't sleep. I don't, I don't sleep um, that much as well. But I wish. I think for me... This is very. This is very. This is very personal to me. Um, I'm a busy person, and I need to be kept busy. Like it's for me, like mental stimulation. I need to be consistently challenged. That's just the kind of person that I am. A lot of people can't do that, or they don't want to do that, or they don't want to feel that pressure. But I only. I feel like I create my best work when I'm like under that pressure, like, like it's like at uni when I go into exams, I'm like, wow, I can actually answer this question now. And whereas like when I'm sort of studying with friends and we're all doing it on the board, I'm like sitting there like, I didn't, I didn't know. I don't, don't think I took Greek as a language. (laughs) Apparently engineering is actually Greek, but as a language, but maths, it's really cool. It's a universal language, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I hate it. No, I don't. Um, but for me, um, it's definitely just the keeping myself busy with um, engineering and working and, yeah. So you don't want downtime? I don't know. I, like I said, like I, I like downtime. I like the idea of it. And then when I, I'm going to do it, I'm like, yeah, but I could just like, what if I just start a new cosplay? What if I just what if I just start a new cosplay? <laughs> you know, like, why would I sit here and watch TV if I could start a new cosplay? Yeah. I know, crazy. I think that myself quite a lot. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Just want to start a new cosplay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah, big yeah. cosplay? Sit down for a moment. Um, Anthony, <laughs> what about you? What do you do outside of your creative work to make sure that you can keep creating in the best way possible? I mean, sleep is good. Yeah. <laughs> sleep is real good. How do you guys do it? Like, Go to bed at 7.30. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, what time do you get up? Oh, like 5.36. Yeah, like, like once you get to this age, you need that much sleep just to function. Um, no, but as well, just like other creative endeavors, um, I find I I think a lot of people, a lot of creative people, need to be kept busy. Their mind needs to be kept uh, functioning. Creative on chaos. Cre- yeah, 
It's a legitimate um, thing. My mom doesn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but like um, I find like I do my best work when I've got so many projects on my plate. My procrastination is just take like I'll be uh, – my form of procrastination is taking something else off the queue and working on that instead. Oh, like this guy. Um, <laughs> I, I get anxious if I don't have like a short story or, you know, I've just started painting miniatures with my daughter, you know. It's like we've been you – know, we've got a backlog of like little miniatures now that we're going to start painting and all that kind of stuff, Um, you know, playing music, whatever it is, like just having something in the back of the mind that if I need to – some downtime, I can keep my brain active while background processing other creative things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned before that it's important to create for you. What do you create that is only for you and is not for public consumption? Because you are obviously public figures to an extent. Um, what do you, Anthony? You kind of touched on it there. You're making miniatures. I'm sure. Maybe you tell me. Are they not going to be put out over the internet? Or well, I mean, I did put them up on Twitter because I was really, I, I was really Twitter. proud of my little cleaver orc that yeah. I painted yesterday. Yeah. He was awesome. Um, I mean. The honest answer to this is like my music is probably a personal thing now, which is a complete flip because I was a professional musician for a long time. And then um, circumstances changed and I left the music industry. And now that's something which is very personal to me that I probably, you know, I'd like to get back to performing one day, but I don't know if I ever will because of like I'm now super busy doing game design and writing and all this other stuff. Um, but at home, like I still sit at the piano, still pull out the guitar kind of thing. And that's really just for me these days and my family, if they're unfortunate enough to be in the room listening at the same time. Baker B, do you have something that you create just for yourself, not for, for anyone else? Uh, um, so music for me used to be quite a big part of my life. Um, I started playing the piano when I was three don't play it much anymore. Three. Yeah. Wow. My um my mum was kinda like, Go learn the piano, go to go read, go do these things before you go to school. So classical before kindy. Yes, classical piano. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, so music was a huge part. I played I did lessons for uh I don't know how long, but it I was probably I think halfway through high school when I stopped and then I started writing my own music. Um, I just don't have the time anymore. I, t- I and I honestly would you like to have? One? Yeah, like that's like when I, mean, I was listening to what you were saying just then, I was like, you know what? I really need to just chill out and do some things for me. Not jam chill session. out. Yeah, jam session. <laughs> jam now. It's like a bit like a self help group in a way. <laughs> yeah, right. It? All right, great. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna do a jam, and we won't put it anywhere. Um, no, I feel like <laughs> I feel like definitely that's something that I need to actually focus on is is creativity for myself and um i wanted to do a bit of that over the last summer break i had these sort of small projects that i wanted to do um and and i think that is very important is as a creative person that's publicly putting their work out there sometimes you need to create something just for yourself and not actually post it anywhere (laughs) um and and because then it is purely for yourself Really, mm. even if you say something's for yourself, and and you know, even with the cosplay and stuff, part of you is creating it for the other people. As a Twitch streamer, you know, like you're you're broadcasting these games, and yeah, you're playing them because you like the game, but you're also doing it for the people as yeah. well, right? Like, and I think even if you say that it's for yourself, the moment you post it anywhere, oh, it's absolutely. not. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even if you're like really proud of it and you want to show other people, that validation is instantly for other people, I guess. And mm-hmm. I think 
That's I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to go. Go home and play piano. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Thank you very much. I'm going to go yeah. learn a new song. I'm going to recommendations. River flows on you. It's really pretty. Yeah. Don't ask me to pronounce the name of the person that composed it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kabaya, <laughs> do you have something that you create just for yourself? Oh, see, that's a hard one. Like, I, I don't necessarily have something that I create for myself. I mean, like Pikapi was saying before, you know, with me, it's straight away. If I am creating um, content, it's immediate. It's, it's out there. I guess my self-creativeness is, you know, when I've got that less pressure of being live, you know, like I've got my little webcam thing down, um, because I'm really about that whole, like, Black Mirror stuff where they can, like, hack your webcam. (laughs) (laughs) So I got that down. And just taking time for myself, you know, whether it's whether I'm with a bunch of friends in Discord and, you know, I can – not that I can't on stream, but speak freely and, you know, make those jokes and not worry about pulling really weird faces or, Mm. you know, just – I don't know, just having that release. It's a different mode, isn't it? It is. It really is. Like when you're live, you know, as much as I say, you know, I don't have a different persona, you it's almost like you're a news presenter. Mm. Like you feel like, you know, you are, you're broadcasting and you guys would know from doing, you know, Pixel Sift podcasts and, 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 and things like that where you're professional in yeah. a sense. I guess you're trying to stick to being professional while still also being yourself. Like I very much stick by that. I do my best to always be myself. But when you press end stream, you know it's not live anymore. You flick the little webcam thing down. You've just got that like – your own space. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, that I'm playing games or, you know, I can be at a, a, at a computer screen for, you know, up to eight hours at a time more, depending on what's happening. Um, you know, whether it's just the fact that you can play a game, get up and go and walk back and not have to worry about, you know, mm. like being being there. Or, you know, you go for a walk or something. I wouldn't say I create a lot of content because my creative side is when I am broadcasting that live. Um but it's something outside of that space. Yeah. Just yeah, outside there. of yeah. that live, you know, being the centre of attention sort of. Well, I think we've, we've pretty much reached the end. Um, I just wanted to quickly ask you, well, where can people find you online if they want to see the work that you've done? Uh, Kabali, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, so I can be found on uh, Twitch, which is just my uh, Twitch website, twitch.tv forward slash Kabalia, and then also on Instagram and Twitter, uh, which is just Kabalia underscore Twitch. Yeah, PKP. Um, so everything uh, for me is um, hashtagged or at with uh, PKP with two Qs at the end because apparently PKP is really common. It's weird. Although if you Google PKP now, it comes up with my comes page. Up with you. It does. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, no, but Facebook, Instagram. I have a Twitter account. I don't really use it for anything cosplay related, really. Um, and at conventions YouTube. would be the other place to find you. Uh, yeah, conventions. Mm. Yeah, and the engineering depression room. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, where can people find you online? Oh uh, well, personally, they can find me on Twitter at Quaver with two R's. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, you can find Black Lab Games as Battlestar Galactica Deadlock on Steam. I'm going to drop the plug now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Steam summer sale, fifty percent off the base yes. game and DLC is discounted Wait, it's as well. Summer. 
There you go. Yeah. In America. Yeah. In America. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for coming on the panel, sharing a little bit about your creativity. Um, you can find Pixel Sift on, at pixelsift.com.au. We do uh, episodes every fortnight where we talk to different creative people and find out what it takes them to create things. Um, thank you very much to all my panellists for coming on the show. I really appreciate you t- taking the time to come down and thank share you. some of your expertise. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, find us on at Pixel Sift on Twitter and everything like that, Instagram, Facebook, all of that there. Thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll see you all again next time. Thanks, guys.